today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. China has stopped and are unwilling to purchase Canada canola. Uh, well, at least I guess they're not detaining Canadians. To talk more about all of this, Marvin Ryder is with us, professor, DeGroote School of Business, McMaster University, and on the line now. Marvin, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Glad to be here. So I guess, are we to assume this is directly related to the extradition of the Huawei CFO in that no, case, or no. is it? <laughs> of course not. Well, official, I guess, it, I guess the at least they're argument. not, I guess they're at least not detaining Canadians now. Right. The official argument is that China is, uh, concerned about the quality of the canola uh, that we are shipping them. Uh, They uh, want to investigate whether there are little microorganisms that might be harming their own environment. And uh, so, at least temporarily, they have suspended these shipments. That's the official party line. Is that what's really happening here? No. You alluded to it correctly. This is about Huawei. This is about Madame Meng. This is about the arrest that happened some time ago, and this is actually how China does business. If you don't like Mr. Trump, well, get a load of what Mr. China does here. Um, We aren't the only people. For instance, a couple years ago, uh, the Nobel Peace Prize was given to a Chinese dissident. Guess what China did? They ripped up a free trade agreement with Norway, and they reduced their import of Norwegian salmon. Hmm. In Australia, Australia was concerned about Huawei participating in its rollout of the 5G cellular network, to the point that they banned them. Guess what? They ripped up a free trade agreement with Australia and reduced their purchase of Australian products. They highly link political policy with trade policy, even though that's never officially what they tell you. Why change in tactic here? Because again, no joking aside, they have detained two Canadians and, and taken another that was already sentenced in a drug trafficking, a drug trafficking case and put them on death row. So why the change in tactic here? I, I guess... Um, not as controversial as detaining Canadians? See, I I don't actually see it as a change in tactic, but just uh, a continuing use of a tactic. It was three weeks ago that China announced that they were suspending the importation license from a company named Richardson's out of uh, Winnipeg. It was the largest single exporter of canola to China. That was going to be about a $1 billion hit to the canola industry. In total, just again to give you context, Canada ships $2.7 billion worth of canola to China, $1 billion of canola oil, and $500 million of canola mash. This is what happens after you take the oil out. It's the leftover things used for uh, feeding agriculture, feeding uh, animals in agriculture. So uh, when they suspended Richardson's, we thought, well, is that it? There are 18 Canadian companies that are involved in the export of canola, and the most recent development says that they're all going to be affected this way. So they're just deepening the tactic, and this is how they they flex their muscle. Uh, they, They didn't say this is a permanent ban. This is a temporary ban while they investigate uh, honest to God, if we were to uh, release Madam Mung, stop the extradition hearing, it wouldn't happen the next day, but in a week or two, well, we finished our investigation, everything's okay, come on back, Canada. Uh, Canada has said there's not an issue with quality control here. Uh, uh, ha- has China provide any proof, provided any proof that the product is contaminated? Well, odd that you would ask that, Scott. So uh, Canadian scientists and Chinese scientists have agreed to begin an investigation to see if whatever Chinese data they have can be replicated in the lab. This could take two, three, four weeks, maybe six weeks, could go longer. You never know on these scientific studies. This is all about buying time to teach us a lesson. What does it mean for Canada's canola industry? 
Well, it's, it's terrible news. Forty percent of, of Canada's canola is shipped to China. Uh, China has been the, the biggest purchaser of canola in the world. Are there other potential markets? Yes, but, you know, this one was well-defined, well-laid uh, out, so it would take time to find it. Now, you might know that there's a, an election going on in Alberta, Rachel Notley, the current premier, doesn't need this news at all. Mm. Uh, so she has said, well, let me just think for a second. Isn't the canola industry at least as important as mm, SNC-Lavalin or mm, General Motors? So she has basically indicated she wants a handout. It actually makes Tuesday's budget look even more prescient. There's $4 billion in there for farmers to help them with international trade. <laughs> we may need a big chunk of that right now just for canola. What does this do for Huawei uh, to gain the trust of North America and what it plans to do? How, how does it leave them? You know, I, I don't see where they would be happy about this. Huawei says, we are not China. You know, we are our own independent private sector firm, second biggest cell phone company in the world, second only to Samsung. Apple's actually third. Um, and no, 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 we're not an arm of the government. You don't have to worry about our safety and security. We have nothing to do with the Chinese government. And then when China does this, uh, really, you have nothing to do with it because you seem to be connected at the hip. It does not help them as they want to be part of this 5G rollout around the world. This is their biggest thing. No one questions their technology. Everyone thinks their technology is fine, but they also think that embedded in that technology are little things to help China out, little ways that China can use the technology, maybe to steal uh, a North American or global intellectual property. And the more China says, well, you know, you, you hurt Huawei, so we're going to hurt you, the more we think you're not separate at all. It was interesting, uh, in the last week on CTV, Lisa Laflamme, their host there, uh, interviewed uh, she sure did. the uh, CEO of Huawei and trying very much to smooth the waters. What does this do for all of that? <laughs> well, it, it really doesn't, it doesn't really change anything. China wants Madam Meng released. She wants her to have free passage. They really want Canada to admit that we made a mistake executing that warrant. And, and Scott, here's my dilemma. Is, is a $2 billion industry or a $4 billion industry really worth it over Madam Meng and her extradition hearing? My reaction would be no. So, you know, let her go. Let her, let her, let her speak. Let her go. But on the other hand, there is a principle involved here. There is the rule of law. We should not be mixing politics with uh, uh, this kind of stuff out there. And what worries me is if you do this for China now, what are they going to do next? It's kind of like the bully who takes your lunch money. Then the next thing you know, he wants something more and wants something more. This, this is not the right behavior for a country to do. So do we stand up to the principle while it could really damage a number of people? Or do we say, well, this one's not so big, we'll let this one go, knowing that by doing so you may actually embolden the bully down the road. How does what's happening with Jody Wilson-Raybould and the SNC-Lavalin case alter China's view of all of this? Well, for them, it's optimal, just wonderful time to do this. Uh, uh, here was Justin yeah. Trudeau kind of coasting through his first four years. The Teflon prime minister couldn't seem to do too much that was wrong. Sure, Donald Trump came in, but we all don't like Donald Trump, so good for you, Mr. Mr. Trudeau. Fight against him any way you can. But now he's got fires all around him. He's got an internal fire. He's got a fire with China, trying to sort out something with uh, Europe and the free trade deal over there. We've got all the stuff going on with the United States and Mexico. Everywhere Mr. Trudeau turns, there's a fire. And so for them, this is the perfect time to throw more, more fuel on their fire. Who, who's got the time to deal with all of this? What about Canadian retaliation for the canola deal? 
Well, uh, what what could we do? And this is, again, the issue, whether it's the United States or China, we are the mouse sleeping next to the elephant. We need China more than China needs us. Yes, we could we could put tariffs on, uh, you know, ice wine and maple syrup and some traditionally Canadian products, but that only really hurts our own industry if they were to cut back their purchases. What we have to do using the diplomatic channels is find a way through this, but it's becoming trickier and trickier to do this. China is, is, is actually getting more and more bold with every step they take to say, if you want, uh, you know what you have to do. If you want us to take these things off, let her go. Will we see an escalation in this? We were concerned when all of this was going down prior to, uh, I guess, the extradition getting to the stage that it is now. Uh, is this starting to ramp up again? Right. So let's just talk about where that is right now. That hearing from Adam Mung was supposed to start on March the 6th. Mm. We thought it might take a week, week and a half. Uh, the judge would rule. I will say privately, I guess I was kind of hoping the judge might rule against the United States, say you don't seem to have a really good case. And so, no, we're not going to extradite her to the U.S. Everyone would kiss and make up, and a few weeks later we'd be back. Well, on March the 6th, uh, the trial was held over. Her uh, defense team are not ready, so they are now looking at a date in May. Is it going to escalate? Absolutely. China doesn't want any hearing whatsoever. They don't want any trial. They don't want anything. So they're going to keep throwing body blows at us. If you don't like this, I don't know what the next one will be, but how about Canadian wheat? How about Canadian corn? Maybe it'll be beef. Maybe it'll be pork. There's lots of other things that we ship to China that they could go after next. Uh, Surprised they're still picking on us and not uh, pushing this attention to the United States now. Right. Well, that's a good question in, in the sense that uh, I'm not actually sure where the current series of negotiations between China and the United States are. Again, March the 6th was supposed to be the re-escalation of the tariff war between China and the United States unless they could strike a deal. I've been watching closely. They don't seem to have a deal, but they also haven't re-escalated the war. So I don't know if that means things are getting close uh, to a deal, whether they are still talking, whether Trump is... is uh, at least um, uh, offering the right things in any kind of a negotiation. Uh, but for the moment, we are now their biggest concern, or at least we're the one that they can most easily bully. In the case of the United States, is a battle among equals, but with China and Canada, we are the little guy, and they are really doing the best to bully us right into a corner. Does the U.S. care any, about any of this bullying that China is doing to Canada? A little, a little, but, you know, Mr. Trump is very myopic in his view. If it doesn't really affect him, then it doesn't really affect anybody in the way he looks at it. Uh, he's curious, and so, again, you know, if, if we, for instance, were to not have this hearing, release Madam Mung, I would think we would upset the United States, but I, I don't know how upset they would be. I, at this moment, I, I'm a little more worried about the anger of China than I am about any retaliation from the United States. Marvin Ryder has been with us, DeGroot School of Business, McMaster University. Marvin, as always, thanks so much for the time. Have a great weekend. Will do. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.